Hello, welcome back to Happier Healthier with Conway Medical Center. I'm your host, Claire Purnell, and I'm so excited to be back today for another episode. And today we are welcoming Dr. Paul Richardson back on the podcast. Dr. Richardson was on Happier Healthier last summer to talk about the many hats he wears at CMC and the key roles he plays in our hospital. Today, Dr. Richardson is back to talk about cardiovascular health. On this episode, we talk a lot about preventative measures for reducing someone's risk of heart disease, what to do if you have family history of heart disease, the importance of knowing stroke and heart attack warning signs, and how acting quickly can dramatically impact the outcome, and so much more. And just as a reminder, all content discussed on CMC's Happier Healthier podcast are the individual opinions of our hosts and guests and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast to treat any medical condition for either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues you may be having. This disclaimer applies to any guest or contributor to the podcast. And with that, let's welcome our Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Paul Richardson, back to the podcast. We're going to start with two questions. So the first one, what is making you feel happier and healthier recently? Well, good morning, Claire. Good to see you. Good to see you again. Uh, What's making me feel healthier and happier? Well, right now, the fact that we are, you know, we had our DNV accreditation survey last week and everything went great. So I am feeling very healthier and happier right now. Uh, we had a phenomenal survey. Uh, this place, this, these folks here are just beyond belief. Uh, I, stand in, I stand amazed at the staff we have at this hospital. And so uh, they did a wonderful job during our accreditation survey. In my opinion, probably the best survey we've had in years. So yes, I feel healthier and happier that that's behind us and no significant findings whatsoever. It was, it was a very good week for Conway Medical Center. Yeah, and it means we're doing a great job of making the community feel happy that, and healthy. That is 100% correct. And so, you know, a couple of things. Number one is that validates what we do here. But in number two is I hope, I hope you're right, as a, from a community standpoint, that kind of validates what we're doing here as well and lets them know that, you know, we're, we're checking out. We're, we're, these folks are an independent body who comes in and takes a look. And, and trust me, they look, they look soup to nuts. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's, it's all the way from stem to stern. Um, it's, uh, it's, they're even up in the ceiling looking at the, above the ceiling tiles. I mean, so they're really doing a, a deep dive into what we do here and come away with just some very minor findings. And that is phenomenal. So kudos to everyone, all the directors and all the frontline staff, wonderful job as I knew they, as I knew they would, but it helps to validate what we see day in and day out. Right. I think we should have a party. Ah, amen. I'm for that. Let's do it. Um, and then the second question. So with February being heart mm-hmm. month, um, we have the campaign, Our Heart is in it. So why is your heart in it? Whether it's the CMC Cardiac Care Fund or Conway Medical Center, what is what kind of drives you being here? Uh, what drives me being here? Oh, gosh, that's a whole podcast in of itself, Claire. Uh what drives me to be here is the fact that I love this place. I love what we do. I love our mission. Uh, you know, we, we, we hold a very special place in this community. 90, going on 96 years now, uh, taking care of this community means a lot to me. Uh, this has always been my hospital, um, uh, my family's hospital. They've taken care of, you know, I've had relatives, many, many, many relatives taken care of here all the way from uh, birth to death. And so, you know, to me, that legacy means a lot. 
Uh, even though you know, our community has grown a lot and it's changed some, we still have that same community value. And to me, that means a lot. That, that's, what, that's what brings me to work every day. That's what drives me. I love our you know, private nonprofit uh, status. I love that, that aspect of, of what we do. And so I think that um, to me, that's you know, why, why my heart is in this and why I do what I do. And I love representing this medical staff. I love representing this administration uh, this is, this is, you know, people say, this is my dream job. Well, this is my dream job. But it wasn't always your path, right? No, it just wasn't always my path. I didn't even want to be a doctor. What are you talking about? That's a whole other story. I didn't want to be a doctor um, growing up. I, this was not my deal. This was not where I wanted to be, but obviously God knew better. And, uh, and, and, you know, and I always say this job chose me. I didn't choose it, literally. And so, uh, and I'm glad it did because I've had a wonderful career. And Nicole has already, you know, dove into your background. So sure. we've heard the story, but you came, you started as an internal medicine doctor here, correct? That's right. So as an internal medicine doctor, what is your approach to cardiovascular care? Well, I think that uh, as a primary care physician, we have, especially a primary care internist, we have a lot to do with cardiovascular health. Uh, you know, our, our, our cardiology colleagues are, are obviously super valuable, and we couldn't do it without them. But really, in my opinion, we're the tip of the spear. We're the frontline folks uh, for patients. We, we should be the ones who discover most uh, patients' issues. We should be the ones that are t- really t- at the forefront of treating blood pressure, cholesterol, and that kind of stuff. So... That was the that is the part. I'm not gonna say it was because I still do. I you know practice uh, after my supervision of, of my APPs, but that is still the part that I love of, of medicine. I, I I enjoy the fact that you know if I do if I do assist that patient with their diabetes or I do assist that patient with their hypertension, I can positively, no doubt, study proven, affect their outcome in their life, and that's that's a big deal. And those things that you get checked when you go to your primary care provider, like blood pressure, cholesterol, Mm -hmm. hypertension, those really are so crucial to heart health. And I mean, I go into the doctor and I'm like, okay, step on the scale, get blood pressure. Well, you're you're a little different because you're you're so young. But um, but but even even at your age, I mean, thinking about things like that, I've had patients your age, I've diagnosed with hypertension. Um, you know, I've, I've diagnosed a few people with diabetes. Uh, you, You know, cholesterol issues are very very rare at your age, but but still you still get that kind of stuff checked. And obviously, in my age group, yes, uh, prime time for, for all that stuff, for blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, all the things that you think about are risk factors. So absolutely, uh, yes, primary care should be very involved in heart health and in trying to keep folks, uh, A, trying to keep folks from developing heart disease. That's the number one goal. And then if, if, if we do pick up on something, then that's absolutely where we need to get our cardiology colleagues involved so they can do a deeper dive and and provide any kind of treatment beyond what we can do. We kind of talked about how people don't really see the commercials we used to see, like about cholesterol, about hypertension. So I honestly, before I started working here, I couldn't really tell you what cholesterol was. I know that high cholesterol runs in my family. I know Mm. my dad is always trying to lower his cholesterol, but I couldn't explain what it was and its relation to heart health. So let's start with hypertension because it's a leading cause of death here in South Carolina. But what is it and why is it so important? Well, you you look at uh, hypertension is is basically elevation of blood pressure. Okay, so 
So what's blood pressure? Well, obviously blood pressure is the pressure in our blood vessels at the when our heart pumps. So at both at the contraction and at the relaxation cycle of our heart pumping. So you know if, if that pressure is elevated, we know that one thing, several things happen, but one thing that happens is you can get a, a premature hardening of those blood vessels. You can also get premature deposition or laying down of, of cholesterol or, or, or blockages, if you will. So we know that's just some of the effects. Now there's obviously it gets way more deep than that, but that's just some of the effects. So basically if when we can identify those patients who have that early on, you know, my clinical practice is that, hey, if, if, there's, if there's things that are easily reversible, don't go with medicine right out the gate necessarily unless it's super high. So I try to counsel patients, hey, let's, let's lose some weight. Let's watch our salt. Let's do things that are, you know, let's get some exercise. Let's do things that are non-pharmacologic in order to try to treat it. Because we know, we definitely 100% know that bringing the, that blood pressure down is good not only for your vascular health, but also just for your heart health in general. Um, you know, you're, you're less likely to have strokes. You remember, you've probably heard we're in the stroke belt of the United States, and we are. We have more strokes in the South than any part of the United States. Part of the reason is hypertension, especially untreated hypertension. And when you look at um, <clears throat> patients who have, uh, especially like super hypertension, they're more apt to have, you know, intracranial bleeding and that kind of thing, so head bleeds and, and, and things of that nature. So it really sets people up for um, a lot of really, really bad outcome and I think you know hypertension has been called the number one silent killer and that's because you don't feel bad unless it gets super high but most patients who have high blood pressure don't feel it at all and that's what's so scary about it. And so those patients they'll usually find out you know in their annual wellness mm -hmm. visit and that's why seeing your primary care provider is so important for you know everything heart 100%. health. 100%. Um, if someone has high cholesterol um, high blood pressure, things like that, what are some heart-healthy tips they can do to improve their life and then also prevent the more serious uh, well, risks? Well, a couple things come to mind right off the bat. Number one is stop smoking if you're smoking. Uh, that is the worst thing you can combine with those particular uh, diagnoses. So we know that uh, amongst other things, but one thing, smoking is very hard on our vessels, on our blood vessels. So when you add hypertension and diabetes and high cholesterol with smoking, you compound the effect. So that is by far and away number one. Of course, there's other reasons to stop smoking, but that's that's a good reason right there. Number two is is what I said before. Let's let's lose some weight. Let's uh, let's drop our salt. Salt is and and trust me, listen. We live down south. I love southern cooking like anybody else, but we eat too much salt. So um, we know that sodium drives blood pressure. I mean, if, if I raise your sodium up, I give you a big sodium load, I'm going to raise your blood pressure up, even at a young age. It, we all, our physiology is the same. And so, so that is by far and away another uh, big tip. Get some exercise. That, that helps a ton. Some patients, you know, use things, relaxation techniques, and somebody to practice yoga and some alternative medicine things, which are fine. As long as they don't hurt anyone, I'm, I'm perfectly cool with those. But... The bottom line is, is getting that blood pressure down, you know, getting that cholesterol down, watching that diet. I mean, you know, if it's, again, I like salty, fatty food too, but it doesn't like me back. And so we have to be, we have to, uh, you know, to take care and not, not eat that. And it's also, you don't even think of sometimes all the salt that can be hidden and, That's you know, like packaged foods. And it sometimes doesn't mean you can't eat these things at all. It means being smarter. Like... Grocery stores have so many options when 
you look at, for example, salad dressing, you know, like some of them will pack in the sodium, mm. some won't. And it's just about reading the ingredient list. You are, you are 100% correct. Um, you have to look. A lot of your pre-prepared food does have a lot of sodium. A lot of your restaurants do use a lot of sodium. That's how they keep us coming back. Um, I get it. But, uh, but yes, it does. So you, you, you're right. You can't, it doesn't mean none. It just means being smart about what you do and being cognizant of what you're doing and that kind of thing. I mean, you can look on most of your canned vegetables. If you look on the labels, if it has less than about three to 500 milligrams of sodium, I'd be shocked. Some, some more. And you, know, you think about, well, that one can of whatever, green beans or whatever, may have you know, a fourth or more of all the sodium in a day for someone. So, so these are the kind of things that really, when I tell patients, they're like, really? And I'm like, uh, yeah, just take a look at that label. I mean, you know, I've seen labels of 1,000 milligrams of sodium and stuff like that. That's, that's getting on up there for one serving of something, yes. Well, let's move on to strokes. Sure. So I heard on a podcast that every 40 seconds an American has a stroke. It wouldn't surprise me. But if acted upon within two hours, mm -hmm. the damage it can do is exponentially different than what would happen if you waited. So can we kind of speak on that timing and why it's so important? Well, because uh, time is brain, brain cells. And so what, well, what is a stroke? Let's take a step back. What is a stroke? Well, a stroke, uh, the primary stroke when most people think of that is what's called an embolic stroke or basically where a small clot, for lack of a better term, blocks a vessel in our head, in our brain. And we know that anything downstream of that blockage is dying. And so time is brain cells. So the faster you relieve that blockage, it's like congestion to traffic, right? The, qu the quicker something moves out of the way, the less traffic builds up and that kind of thing. Same way, you want that blood flowing to that area of the brain. So, so that's why we say, okay, the quicker you get medical attention. So knowing what those signs are of a stroke. I mean, there's someone you know, acting differently. They're not able to move one side. They're not, does one side of their body not feel the same way or their face or, or something like that or they lose consciousness? I mean, these are all can be symptoms and signs of a stroke. So uh, just knowing those symptoms, especially in patients who have high blood pressure, diabetes, the, the risk factors for strokes. So knowing those signs and getting medical attention, ASAP, is the key to that because the quicker you can, either through medication we do or now new procedures that can actually remove the clots, um, that is critical uh, so that a patient you know, maybe, maybe has no deficits, which is a little bit rare, but at least has as minimal deficits as possible after a stroke. So that's really what's super important. And we have technology now that even 10 years ago we didn't have. So, so that's a, that is a really exciting uh, field that we're in now where you can actually see patients who, you know, who have very significant deficits. They undergo a, a procedure that, that's done um, and remove the clot, and they're, it's almost resolved. So that's, that's pretty wild to see somebody who can't move one side of their body and then the next minute they can't. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And let's speak on that from a patient perspective. So say, you know, you're having a stroke, you're in an ambulance being transported to the mm -hmm. ED. So then what happens? You know, like how are they getting from the ED? And can you kind of speak to the throughput mission to bringing sure. them all the way to a specialty doctor? Sure. Well, that's, 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 that's a great question. And, you know, we here at Conway Medical Center, our, our primary um, uh, stroke center, Meaning what we do, we take that very seriously. We have uh, procedures and processes in place to address that quickly. So basically, if a, if a stroke, a potential stroke patient were to wind up here, they're basically met at the door by a team of, including a physician, nurses, 
uh, all of whom have received specialty training in that area. Um, you are immediately taken to the scanner to scan your brain. That's reviewed by a specialist neurologist who can uh, better be able to see what's going on and, and our, is, is based on symptoms and timing and, and whatnot in the scans. Are you a candidate for medication we can give through the vein to help um, you know, open up a clot? Or are you a candidate to be quickly transferred to a center that does do the clot extraction, removing the clot? Those are all things that we can do expeditiously. Unfortunately, what a lot of cases is patients come in you know, a good while after the symptoms have already happened, and, and so it's really not a whole lot we can do. I mean, there are some things, obviously, we can do to try to, um, you know, alleviate as much or in, in, gain as much recovery as we can, but still, uh, that, that first few hours, that first couple or so hours is critical in, in the treatment of these patients. So, absolutely, we take that very seriously. We have great numbers. Um, our, our stroke team has fantastic numbers here as far as, like, looking at, you know, door-to-scan, scanned interpretation. If you look at our, our data, it is phenomenal here with what we're doing. And in 2023, we were awarded the chest pain accreditation yep. um, and the ability to recognize when your chest pain is serious. So what would you tell people listening, you know, if they've experienced chest pain or maybe have family history of strokes and heart attacks? I would say this to patients is, is number one is, if you're having chest pain and you're concerned about it, you absolutely must see a medical provider, period, amen. Um, if that's uh, severe enough, ED. Uh, if, it's, if, it's, if it's not, then you need to see your doctor, be it if you're established with a cardiologist or if you're primary care doctor. Someone needs to be evaluating that uh, because, you know, especially like when we think about, in, you know, in my clinical practice, when we, we think about it's not necessarily the, you know, 75-year-old smoker, diabetic, coming in with chest pain. I mean, it can be anyone. And even, and especially like females. Take females, females many times present with unusual or, or atypical, we call it, uh, presentations for cardiac disease. So you have to be extremely careful, and that really needs, that's why it needs a medical analysis. You know, you can't say, oh, I'm a young, I'm a young female, I, this can't be my heart. Uh, I mean, don't say that. I mean, Odds are, yes, statistically, that's true. Um, you know, younger females don't have heart disease quite as, as often as you know, older males especially, but that's not necessarily true. I've seen many atypical presentations in females. And so that's why you need to get that assessed and know what you're dealing with um, so that, you know, again, because we do have modalities that we didn't 10, 15, 20 years ago, we certainly didn't have. It's amazing what's in my short career what's changed. What are some of those modalities? Because I know we have some really cool technology. We, right here at Conway Medical Center, we have some awesome tech uh, as far as cardiac disease. Now, again, in the stroke line, you know, we're, we, we can do the medications and that kind of thing. We do not do the, the mechanical uh, uh, thrombectomies here. We don't, we don't do that here, but we can get you quickly to where you are. But in the cardiac service line, the cardiac line, we're doing phenomenal work here. Um, you know, A, we have a 24 by 7, 365 cath lab here. Uh, we have cardiologists who are specially trained to open those clogged blood vessels, so acute MI, uh, who can open them up, place stents and that kind of things, keep them open. So we have a phenomenal service here. If you look at our numbers in that service line as far as like door to EKG, getting heart tracing, uh, getting you to the cath lab, actually opening the vessel, because just like time is brain tissue, time is also heart tissue. So we have to go as quickly as we can to get that reperfuse, we call it, open that blood vessel up, get that blood vessel, get that blood flowing where it needs to be. So we are doing unbelievable work in that area here. 
um, through you know our, our, our cardiologists, our interventional cardiologists. We have three interventional cardiologists on staff now. All of them are phenomenal. I would have well, they've taken care of my family, but I would have no trouble with them taking care of my family, taking care of me. Zero concerns. I personally witnessed them in action. I can attest to both clinically, but also with my own eyes uh, of their um, of their you know just their clinical uh, um, just just their just just. Their clinical acumen, their I mean, just their clinical judgment and their technique is is, is superior to, to any I've seen. So I, I really um, I'm proud of that service line. That is that is really a crown jewel, I think, in Conway's you know Conway's crown right now is is what we're doing in the cardiac and cardiovascular service lines. How will our partnership with Novant expand? Um, cardiac care. Well, uh, Claire, that's a fantastic question, uh, and and as it so happens, uh, myself and and a, a few uh, some members of our cardiology team actually went up just a few weeks ago to Novant. Hi everyone, it's Harley from the CMC Foundation here to share some exciting things we have coming up. February is Heart Month, and our heart is in it. We are teaming up with Bojangles to support heart care in Horry County. For the entire month of February, proceeds from the purchase of Bojangles Bowberry Biscuits will go to cardiac care in our community. Grab a box of biscuits for you and someone you love and share a picture to social media to join in on the fun. And don't forget to tag at Conway Med. To visit with their cardiovascular team, and I can tell you I was blown away. I mean, you know, we're doing great work down here, but they're doing it just as good a work there plus they have some services that we just frankly aren't big enough to have so um, I am super excited about the future in our cardiovascular service line just because of knowing uh, what all Novant has to offer Novant is doing what I would call academic level cardiology so you know when you're thinking about the big academics they're doing it they're doing the same stuff there and and doing high quality met a bunch of their docs great folks uh, well-trained, um, their numbers are phenomenal, just like ours. Their numbers are, are absolutely phenomenal. I think that we are just just on the tip of the iceberg of what's going to happen in this community uh, through our partnership with Nuvant, uh, especially in overall, but especially in the cardiovascular service line. I know Dr. Odell, our um, medical director for cardiology, he's our head cardiologist, he was also blown away uh, by what they have to offer. So very impressive. Um, looking very, very forward to working with them, you know, over the next months and, and even years to develop, continue to develop not only, you know, what we can offer, but, you know, what they can help us continue to build here. So I think it's going to be a great relationship as, as we build out our own service line and bring that those services locally, but also knowing that we have a fantastic resource just right up the road in, in Brunswick and, and, uh, in New Hanover. Awesome. Yeah, that's going to be super exciting. I'll ask a couple more questions. Okay. Yeah. Um, if heart disease runs in your family, mm -hmm. are there specific measures rather than, you know, your everyday heart health tips that these people can take? Can they still prevent, um, can they still avoid heart disease with preventative measures? Absolutely. Um, they can. And, and, and to me, those are the folks that need to be more vigilant and probably need to start even at an earlier age of being vigilant because, you know, waiting until you're 
you know, up in age and obese or whatever, it's it's you know it's kind of a little too late, especially for someone who has who has family history, because there are there are patients who have a you know family history of like a what we would call a dyslipidemia or hyperlipidemia, meaning they have elevated lipids, elevated cholesterol, that kind of thing. Um, you know, diabetes runs in some families. I mean, it, there there are things out there. You know, hypertension runs in some. My, my dad was diagnosed with hypertension. In his late twenties, early thirties. I mean, so so patients uh, do have that heart history. I mean, that family history. My point is, is those are the folks that really need those measures even more, and to be more cognizant. Say, oh gosh, I have a lot of family members, especially if, if you have a history of folks who have died of you know coronary artery disease and and that kind of thing. They should be even more vigilant to get these things checked. And what's something you do daily for your own heart health? Uh, well, I try to watch what I eat. Although I must admit, I I, I do. I'm a you know, I, I do love chocolate a little too much, but um, but I try to watch what I eat. I, I do I do do that, um, especially. I'm not a. I mean, I, I try to watch from the cholesterol standpoint, especially. Uh, I do I run a fair bit. I, I'm about a 20 25 mile a week runner, and so I run a fair bit. I just enjoy it. It's not. I guess it's for my health. I guess, but it's also that's just my relaxed time and, and the way I decompress. And so I do enjoy that. I've done that for a number of years. And so um, those are the things that you know that I like. I like to do. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a smoker and don't plan to take it up and, and that kind of thing. So uh, so those are you know those are things that I, I think about in my own health. And you know, my wife she kind of obviously eats the same things I do and. And we, we eat the kind of same things together. And so she uh, tries to exercise and be active as well. So those are things at least the two of us attempt to do. Because we, we both have family members who do have coronary artery disease. And uh, so, you know, I'm trying to prevent it or at least hold it off as long as possible. Yeah, you told me you were a runner last week. I was trying to pull it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add? No, I mean, I think, I think you, you get, get some great questions here. I think to me, the main thing, the bottom line is, is, you know, the old saying, well, how's it going? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And so um, I think that, you know, those efforts we make, albeit, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to pass up that, you know, that good old Southern cooking. Yeah, I love it too, but, uh, but we need to pass it up, <laughs> especially in patients who are at high risk. I think that's the key. And, and you know, and just moderation and, and making sure that you, you know, you do keep up with those annual exams, especially if you have an issue. And if you've been picked up as having high cholesterol or whatever, pre-diabetic or whatever, you name it. Those are, take that seriously. Don't, don't blow that off and say, oh, I'm young, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, today you are young and youth, uh, youth does have its benefits. That's one of them. But, um, but just, you know, you won't be young forever. And, and, and I, what I'd like to see as a physician is folks who, who, who take those measures and, and head that off at the pass. And I've seen patients who, let's say an obese patient who has, you know, is on some cholesterol medicine, on some, on some diabetes medicine, that kind of thing. I've seen patients lose weight, get active, and come off their medicines. I mean, I've seen that with my own eyes, my own clinical practice. It's, it's, it's so, so, so satisfying to see when you can do that. When you actually, rather than normally, the norm as a physician is you're increasing medication, it's fantastic to say, oh my gosh, look at your blood. No, let's cut your medicine in half. And then the next time, let's stop your medicine and uh, uh, stop it all together. That is so cool. doesn't happen near enough, but I wish it would happen more. If folks would be real vigilant about it, it could happen more. I think it's so important to have these conversations because, you know, you hear cholesterol and you're like, meh, okay, like that's a complicated word. But to have these conversations and to really 
explain the relation it has to heart health and strokes and these more scary things than just hearing high cholesterol versus if you heard you are at risk, like instead of you have a high cholesterol, you are at risk for a stroke or a heart attack. So yeah. I think having these conversations not to scare people, it's not... Well, I mean, sometimes you got to scare people. I mean, you, I, mean, I, mean, you, I mean, you need to be cognizant, of, again, of, of what these things mean. I mean, these are, these are life-altering things. I, you know, people have heart attacks and going, yeah, but I've also seen people who obviously died of heart attacks, but I've seen people be basically crippled by it, too. You know, mm-hmm. become basically a cardiac cripple where they, they, they're, they're just, their heart function has been so damaged that it's difficult to live, and that's... And that's that's awful. That is an awful. And and I've seen patients who diabetics who left it untreated, and you know they wind up getting ulcers that won't heal, and having to have amputations. And and I've seen you know hypertensive diabetics and have strokes that left them debilitated. And I mean this is just really really sad. Now, could all that be prevented? Maybe not all of it, but a lot of it could. And so to me, that's that's what my job as a primary care internist is is to try to be someone's counselor that's why I, I, I told him before I said listen yeah I'm your doctor technically but I'm also your counselor I'm here to give you my best advice and I, I won't be at your I've told patients before I said I won't be at your house and see what you're eating I won't you know I won't be there to make sure you take your medicine I won't but I can give you my advice rest is up to the patient and then um, you know hopefully they take that advice and many do yeah, and it's important to know, you know, passing on the sodium is more than lowering a number. It's having a longer life, having that's a better right. life. So. Amen on that. And so that's what I, I, I try to do myself, uh, although I do like my salt too. But, but I try to do that myself. So I guess, I guess I'm just confessing my sins, chocolate and salt. But, um, <laughs> They're good. It's normal. <laughs> but, uh, but I do try to do that, and I do try to watch those. And I, I like to think I'm relatively healthy. Uh, you know, there's just there's so many things we can't prevent in this life. I mean, I can think of many, many diagnoses we we have zero control over whatsoever. So these these few that we can, we need to. And so I'm I'm a huge proponent into that. I'm a huge proponent of preventive medicine. I'm a huge proponent into these preventive screenings. That's a whole different topic. We can talk about some other time. But um, but those are there's 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 not a whole lot in medicine we do that actually prevents things. These are no doubt prevent things no doubt studied time and time again prevent things and so to me that's worth talking about perfect that is best note to end it on um dr richardson thank you for coming on always my pleasure anytime claire Happier Healthier with Conway Medical Center is brought to you by the CMC Foundation. Learn more at www.cmcfoundationsc.com or visit the link in our show notes. This month, the CMC Foundation is working to raise money for cardiac care. You can head straight to the Foundation website to donate or check out our social media pages for ways to help out and have a little fun while you're at it. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Conway Med and on Facebook and TikTok at Conway Medical Center. And thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please leave a five-star rating and review to help us continue to make more episodes. Again, we really appreciate you all and we are wishing you happiness and health. We'll see you next week.